Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. I thought I'd share this experience in case anyone's ever been through something similar or has an idea of what kind of scenario I was dealing with. I was driving home from the gym at night and pulled up to a red light near a local courthouse. I noticed the driver of a white Jeep one lane over staring at me. Older guy, I guess late 40s, early 50s, with long 70s style sideburns. I'm 31 and male, if that adds any context to this story. I turned and looked at him, and he started pointing towards me, towards my left. At first, I thought he wanted to cut in front of me when the light turned green, which is strange because there was no one coming behind us imminently, so he could have easily just waited for me to go. But I guess someone else might pull up. I pointed to my left to confirm that's what he wanted, and then I cracked my window just a little bit, because all he did was keep on pointing so I wanted to ask what was up. He didn't open his. The light turned green and he changed lanes to drive behind me. It feels likely that he was trying to tell me to pull over earlier now that I'm thinking about it. I kept driving and changed lanes because he was tailgating me, but he immediately switched lanes as well. At this point, he continued to change lanes, left to right, tailgating me, driving erratically, putting his left turn signal on, but not turning left at several lights, for example. He also slowed down to maintain the same pace as me a few different times. Thoroughly weirded out, I come up with a plan. I wait for us to near an intersection, where he evens up with me on the left side of my car, and as we're about to proceed through the green light, I bust a hard right down this street that I know will take me in a loop, directly towards my house but without showing my direct route. As I execute this move, I see this man slow his car down, but he's unable to make the turn to follow me. Instead, he proceeds directly through the light. About a mile down on the street that I just turned, it's going to intersect that street that I just exited. Well, as I near that intersection, I see the same white Jeep take a right turn and head directly towards me. As we pass each other, The man flips his high beams on and off, on and off, while honking a few times in my direction. There's no place for him to flip a U-turn, which I'm incredibly thankful for. But now that we've seen each other once more, I don't feel comfortable going directly home. I proceed in the general direction of my house, but well before that point, I pull off onto a side street and park my car. I cut my lights off and slink down into my seat while I still have a perfect view of the main street I just pulled off of. 
Within five minutes, I see that same white Jeep drive by three different times. The last time he pulled by, it was going the opposite direction of the way that I needed to head. So after giving it a few heartbeats for him to get further away, I take this opportunity to make my escape and head straight home. I'm far from sure what his intentions were, but that was a strange experience and it had me unnerved to say the least. I think the strangest part of this interaction was that this man never made an attempt to talk to me. All he did was point. Well, that and follow me for about 20 minutes one late night. Not sure what you wanted, Jeep man, but I'm plenty happy to never meet again. I've contemplated posting this for years, but the emotional capital of writing this out always just felt too heavy. It chills me to this day when I think about what happened, or should I say, could have happened, to my sister and I back in 2007. I was 25, she was 23. We were living in Phoenix, Arizona, and living a pretty wild life. Lots of partying. However, she could keep it in check. I myself was a blackout drunk. Side note, as of this year, I'm now 15 years without a drink. We were out with some friends at a party one night. I was particularly stupid and took my friend's car key to go pick up this couple I had met earlier in the evening. They were Eastern European, and I forget which country exactly, but needless to say, I was wasted and reckless. My sister called me while I was out, upset to high heavens because our friend discovered that I took her car. I went back to the party and was promptly screamed at and kicked out, which I don't blame my friend for. My sister was embarrassed and crying. She was really intoxicated as well, which wasn't a normal thing for her. I remember we were walking to find a taxi or something. This part is pretty hazy to me. But the next thing I know, we're in the back of a car at a gas station on Grand Avenue. This particular street leads off into an old Arizona interstate highway. The random European couple I had met earlier, and ultimately didn't end up picking up, we're trying to... When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. To open the door and feverishly get us out of the car. They had just so happened to be at this gas station at 1 a.m., I don't even know how they spotted me, but they must have sensed trouble. I have hazy details, but I know they were frantic and insistent about getting us out of the car and away from the driver. From what they told us, the man driving appeared to be a total creep and didn't resemble anyone that two young women should be associating with. I have no idea of how we ended up in his car, who he was, where we were going, and why he needed to fill his tank. Sometimes, I think the mysterious couple were angels sent to look after us. I know how weird that sounds, but I can't figure out how to parse through the randomness of this encounter. Both my sister and I were missing our phones the next day, as well as our wallets. I'm certain the man had taken them both. There's a number of things that could have happened that night, and I feel lucky that we're still alive to this day. 
It racks me with guilt that I put my little sister in that situation, and anytime I feel like picking up a drink, it's one of the memories I play back to remind myself of the dark place that alcohol takes me. My upbringing taught me that there was nothing fun and dysfunctional. With most of my childhood spent daydreaming of being rescued and living happily ever after, I called Child Protective Services, I ran away to the police station, I went to my principal, other parents and witnesses spoke up, yet somehow I'd always be returned home. We're talking the late 80s here, when kids were not listened to and had no voice, at least such was my experience. At the time of this encounter, my parents were caretakers for a multi-unit apartment complex. It was surrounded by vast fields on two sides, a main road at the front, and behind our unit there was the treasured forest. In reality, it was a swath of older pines kept as a buffer between a second main road and said units. Though perhaps six feet wide, to a nine or ten-year-old girl, it was a forest. My friends and I would spend our days running all over the place, hiding, picking wild berries in the fields, playing games, riding bikes, and playing in the woods. You know, just being kids. Well, one day, after non-stop verbal and physical abuse, I decided it was my time to run away and live on the streets. Anything was better than living with my family, especially my mother. All the Unsolved Mysteries episodes didn't deter my little self from making this choice. I was convinced anything would be better. Packed up my tiny bag, grabbed my favorite doll, snuck out the window of my room, which was on the ground floor, and ran like a bat out of hell into my beloved forest, with my egg donor's tirade carrying on behind me, until the woods swallowed up all the noise. Out of the house, no one realizing I was missing, I hid inside a tree branch fort all of us kids had made, and had myself a good old cry. As the sun began to go down, casting that golden summer glow, it was time to start walking, pick a direction and head to a new life. As only a child could, I managed to bumble about and emerge further down the tree line, apartments to my back and the road in front of me. I don't know what stopped me right there on the dirt edge of the road, but there I stood. Whoosh. Whoosh. Pause. Whoosh. The sounds of three vehicles passing in quick succession. Quickly and closely. The force of the wind whips my hair and clothes around in a fury, and I adjust my footing to better brace myself. I clutch my doll tighter and freeze. A fourth vehicle was coming up. A white utility van. Immediately, our eyes lock. Time slows. The van slows. He turns down the hairband he's jamming to. His face loses the nonchalant, happy, headbanger smile and transforms into a nervous, giddy, opportunistic predator. Thirty plus years later and I recall every detail. A silver gouge along the passenger door. Early twenties white man. Dirty blonde wavy shoulder length hair hazel brown eyes, and chipped upper left front tooth. Smoker, white baseball cap, no shirt, knotted scar tissue on his left peck. The passenger door began to slide open. 
his head swiveling and eyes darting while coming over the seat, Converse sneaker dangling to find purchase on the road. Freeze went to flight at this point. I didn't want to go home, but the wave of nausea and certainty of a horror I wouldn't live through were overpowering. I ran back to the apartment, went through the front door, and endured another beating by my mother. I didn't know it then, but I learned in time she made me a fine-tuned empath. I didn't doubt my spidey senses for a moment then, and still don't to this day. Whomever that man was, he was going to be the end of me if I had waited just a moment longer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 